Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on vocnation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is a well-known pro wrestler from the late 1980s and into the 90s. He is a multi-time tag team and singles champion in many promotions he worked with, as well as the Men's Wrestling Award. He was awarded from the Cauliflower Alley Club in 2021. He is also best known for his time in the NWA and the World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico. Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to have on Mr. Ricky Santana. Ricky, thanks for coming on today. It's a pleasure to be on your bumps and thumps uh, there, Mr. Brian, and uh... We'll get to answering a few questions and give you a little bit of insight to what life was like back on the road in those days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember you. uh, We talked a little bit before the recording here. We uh, Teenager and into my early 20s, I believe you were in the NWA uh, in Crockett and some areas like that, uh, Mid-South. and uh, San Antonio, uh, Portland. Yeah, you you were the... You were the high, a high flyer, and uh, I'm just so glad you were able to come on today. So, Ricky, let's talk a little bit. Growing up, uh, you're from Puerto Rico. No, 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 <laughs> you're not. Get confused. No, sir. No, I was uh, actually oh. born born in New York, um, and lived in you know moved uh, to South Florida. Just everybody okay. thinks you know that that's that's the case. That's, that's not the case. <laughs> that's and I looked at multiple sources, and it says you were born in Puerto Rico, so they're wrong. No, I got the inside scoop. The, yep, the, the greatest city in the world, New York, New York. It was so great they named uh, it twice. <laughs> yeah, so good they named Well, let's talk a little bit about you growing up, uh, your childhood, yeah. and uh, and then kind of going in, getting into the uh, the wrestling business. Uh, well, you know, growing up uh, in the beginning, like I said, out of New York, and mm-hmm. uh, then we, uh, my father decided to move to South Florida. Uh, but before then, I remember my dad taking me to the garden to watch pro wrestling, you know, as a young kid. Mm-hmm. And I was in awe of, you know, the garden, the, the aura of Bruno, you know, in, in his heyday. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we moved to Florida, and I said, 
Well, damn, I got no wrestling now. But I was fortunate enough <laughs> that there was a, a UHF station uh, in Florida. Most people don't know what that is, but that was the cable of our time. You know, you had the yeah. basic four channels. And mm -hmm. on Sundays, they had a four-hour block of wrestling, believe it or not. Um, it's now Univision in, in Miami. But back then, you would get the first hour from the Olympic out in L.A. The second hour was out of the Oklahoma Territory. Okay. The third hour was the, the the Carolinas, which was all tag teams. And then what I fell in love with was championship wrestling from Florida with Gordon Soley was the last hour. So it was uh, one of those things that on Sunday, you couldn't talk to me between 7 and 11 because I'd be glued to the TV watching wrestling. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I, I was kind of the same way. Ours was on Saturday and Sunday, so we had like a couple hours on Saturday morning. And then about two hours before church on Sunday right. morning. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. So growing up, you moved to South Florida, graduated high school. Talk about, let's talk about you getting into the business. What prompted you to say, you know what, I'm going to get into this and do this? Well, uh, the, the big factor was uh, obviously championship wrestling from Florida with Gordon Soley. They had mm -hmm. the cream of the crop. I mean, you had the Briscoes, the Funks, uh, Bob Roop, uh, Harold Matsuda, Mr. Saido, all these mm -hmm. uh, amateurs, right? And mm -hmm. everybody, you know, in my mindset, the way I hear, would hear Gordon talk, you know, Danny Hodge was there also, another great amateur. Um, and I said, well, I want to be a pro wrestler, but I guess I got to go through all this amateur stuff before I get there. So, yeah, I've missed a lot of Thanksgiving dinners and a lot of Christmas dinners and tournaments, you know, in high school and moving on uh, to cut weight because that's what I had to do. And I remember at the last Legends luncheon in Tampa, I was sitting next to Gerald Briscoe, who was uh, very important in the, the development of my of my career moving forward. But I yeah. said, Jerry, you know, you got a little bit of heat with me, you know. He goes, he with you? I said, yeah, you know, because Gordon put you and Jack over, you know, all these great amateurs, NCAA champions, Olympic medalists and everything. And I said, well, damn, I got to be an amateur if I'm going to go pro. And here I am <laughs> cutting all this weight, missing all this, and then I find out it's a work. And he looked at me and he said, um, what did you become? I said, I became a pro wrestler. And he goes, well, I guess it worked, didn't it? Mm. Touche, my friend. Touche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about training. What was, uh, who trained you and what was that like for you? Uh, great Malenko. That's where I went. I went to the Malenko okay. school. A lot of, a lot of great people come out of the Malenko school. Uh, mm -hmm. Tugboat, uh, Paul Diamond, myself, Norman Smiley, Al Perez, um, Gangrel, and the list goes on and on and on. You know, obviously, um, mm -hmm. For me, the biggest factor that was so hard for me to break out of the habit was dragging my feet because as an amateur, you never cross your feet. For me, it was, you know, I had to get used to not dragging them and crossing them. And, you know, you see it on TV, you see the, uh, the ring and everybody's got this misconception that this ring is this big pillow. And I hate to tell you guys, but when you're taking those those consistent bumps and hitting those ropes that are not really rope, they're, you know, cable with uh, hard nose, as I used to call it, over it. You know, your lats start to hurt and your back starts to hurt, you know, but yeah. that's what I wanted to do. So that's what I did. Yeah. yeah, that is, 
You know, the Malenko school, I've heard of it. Uh, and some guys, uh, obviously, you named some stars that have, have come out of there, including yourself. Did you go during the summertime? I've heard stories where uh, people that were trained under Hero, they would turn off the air conditioning and all these horror stories. Was that kind of uh, same old school mentality or was it more of, you know, we're going to train you, you know, we're not going to, we're going to make it hard, but we're going to make it effective. So you're, you're trained and ready to go when you get out of there. It, it was old school mentality. You had to be in shape. Yeah. You had to be able to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Hero school was a lot based out of Japanese um, training. Uh, in my time that I was over in Japan with the young boys, uh, they go through all those Hindu squats and all those sit-ups and all those push-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was part of their, their ritual and, and Hero was big on conditioning and being able to take care of yourself in and out of the ring. Um, right. The same thing. It was, it was a different era. Uh, you know, everything was kayfabe and you had to protect the business. So you had yeah. to take care of yourself and take care of it. You know, and uh, in a lot of territories, if you couldn't take care of yourself or you got beat or you, you know, made the office look bad, you're pretty much done. You had to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of territories back in the day. From what I've understand, there was up to I've heard between 26 and 30 territories up until the mid, you know, the early 90s. Yeah, um, they started to and, fall off by the waist. Right. And uh, I mean, I guess if you weren't doing well in one area, you could go to another one as long as you didn't, like as you said, make the business look bad or. He's like, so let's talk about your your uh, Ricky, if we could your your yep. first your first promotion after you went through your training with uh, the Malenko. Where did you go, and what was that like for you? Well, it, it all began with you know uh, the great Malenko was doing his 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 shows at, mm-hmm. at the Boys Club in Tampa, and I would go everywhere just to get my um, my experience down. But mm-hmm. I I. I Ran into a gentleman at the gym. His name was Joe Mascaro, who happened to know George Scott, who happened to be booking when the the big swoop in WWF started when they were raiding the territories. So I approached him and got an opportunity. It was the, we were called the Miami crew. It was myself, Joe Murdo, Corporal Kirshner, uh, Rusty Brooks, and Jimmy Young. Uh, they would bring us up, we would do our thing, and that's where I first met Jerry Briscoe. And we're in Poughkeepsie, and you're taping three hours of TV, and there it is, and, and Jerry pulls me to the side, and he goes, come here, kid. And I walk over, I say, yes, sir. And he goes, you got Valentine. I go, yeah, I, I got Greg, right. And he says, you know, he's got that, that big forearm that he throws over you. I said, yeah, I'm well aware of it. He goes, do me a favor. I said, what's that, Jerry? Because, you know, I'm a young kid. I'm green, you know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know any better. He says to me, um, when he hits you with it, say something witty, you know, a little bit sarcastic, but not disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, no big deal. I'll go up there. I get in the ring, and Greg rears back, and he hits me. And I just looked up at him, and I go, that's it? And his <laughs> eyes got as big as two fried eggs, and he proceeded to 
pummel my ass in the end of the match, right? And the match is over, you know, and the enhancement gets out of the ring first and leaves the superstar in there. But in Poughkeepsie, there's three flights of stairs to the locker room, and I'm already ahead, but I hear the door sling open, and I hear footsteps, like, running down the stairs. So I know Valentine's coming in behind. Now, mind you, at the end of the stairwell, there's the Funks, there's the Briscoe, and there's Steamboat. <laughs> and to get the Greg looks behind me and he says, oh, kid, I knew you weren't that stupid. Somebody put you up to it. But I just want to know, was it the Funks? Was it the Briscoes? Or was it Steamboat? And I just said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Greg, but thank you. <laughs> and I went about my business. And that's how my uh, my years of friendship with uh, with Gerald and, and obviously Terry and Dory and everybody and, yeah. and, and Rick Steamboat started. It was one of those you know, rare moments and then, you know, mm-hmm. get it on Piper's pit and just learning. Mm-hmm. And it was Jerry who sent me to San Antonio with um, Chavo Guerrero Sr. And okay. uh, I, I picked his brain like there was no tomorrow because I wanted to learn about the business. Um, yeah. My thought process was learn as much as you can because your body won't allow you to run forever. So why not mm-hmm. use your mind, you know, in the in the backstage sense, which wasn't called back then that, you know, there was no producer right. agents. It was it was booking. <laughs> booking one oh one. Yeah. Wow. So you go to San Antonio. Now I noticed now I saw you when you were in uh Crockett. Mm-hmm. Uh you were in uh mid south for a while. Moving what along. was your when was your big break? I guess I saw you in the NWA and WCW. What was it before that? Maybe when was your like your kickoff point of okay? I'm I'm a I'm in the main I'm the main guy. I'm a main guy now. Well, it, it, it progressed. Obviously, I went into San Antonio. Right. Um, I did a, a mask gimmick uh, called the Hoods, um, and it was Tony Torres who was a worker and a referee for Bill Watts. He had come over because Chavo had, had set it up that way. And then we were working with uh, a young guy. You might have heard of him. His name was Shawn Michaels. He was 18 years old. <laughs> him and, and Paul Diamond, they were called the American Force. And we were doing the old Twin Devils um, gimmick where we would switch in and out all the time. And we got a lot of heat. I mean, we were we were there. We had a good feud, you know, and you could see the talent developing. When Chavo took the book, the territory was was, was down. Uh, at that time, Dallas was the big, the big thing in Texas, you know, uh, world-class Fritz's deal, but we started to, to, to move it and make it work, um, mm-hmm. working with Bill Watson and, the, the Mid-South guys that came in, the Fantastics, uh, Ted DiBiase, you know, uh, all different, uh, one-man gang, you know, we, we had all yeah. these people to do the joint show for the Battle of the Alamo, and that kind of really blew it up. Um, unfortunately, with the business, uh, I guess when you step on toes, because I always describe it as the mafia, you can't step into somebody else's territory. Yeah. And in my opinion, Gary Hart came down while Chavo was in, in Japan and everything went sideways. So I had met Wahoo in San Antonio. He had been in it because he had worked that territory before and he was booking in Florida. So he told me when I was done there, kid, you know, I got a place for you in Florida. So, um, writing on the wall. I moved there, did a few things there that got a learning lesson. And I went out to the Northwest um, working for, for Don Owens. Um, I had this, when I first met uh, Fidel Sierra, 
who I've known for, wow, we've been on the road for 37 years together. And um, that was the deal. You know, I became the Northwest champion. I became the tag champions. I became the television champion. So I was starting to move forward. And then we yeah. went to the Charlotte territory. And that's when um, Dusty gave me that big break. Uh, I remember yeah. like it was yesterday. He, we're at TBS Studios and, you know, he calls me into his makeshift office and he said, baby, in the famous words of the Colonel, I like what I see. I'm about to give you a push, baby, for a national level. And he did. He kept true yeah. to his word, you know. I mean, I got to work with Arn, Tully, uh, Rotundo, um, Flair, uh, you know, uh, the, the Midnight Express, you know, in a tag situation. You know, the Rock and Roll Express, you know, when we were heels. It, it, it was just the timing was there. Mm -hmm. At the time for myself, um, you know, I was, you know, up and coming, you know, Latin star, trying to make a name for myself. Mm -hmm. And I got to thank all those people that I watched as a kid that mm -hmm. helped me in the journey. So, you know, for me, it, it's like, uh, I can't explain it. You know, my dad used to take us to Miami Beach, all the kids in the summertime. And mm -hmm. we go to the everyone's regular town in, in the Florida Territory. I got a chance to bring my dad to that building. Yeah. I bought him a ringside ticket and I happened to be on the cover of the program. Oh. But the funny part, yeah, the funny part about it is, is I'm coming to the ring and I see him like he's signing stuff. So I had kind of convinced him that we were going to go eat this fresh seafood stuff. And after the show, I said, Hey dad, we're, we're going to go eat, but we're not eating seafood. We're having chicken wing and beer is what we're going to eat, like one of the boys, right? Yeah. And I said, what were you doing? You know, I, I, I'm coming to the ring and I see you got your back. It looks like you were signing something. He said, well, son, I'm, I'm standing there and I'm, I know you're coming out because I see the matches on the program. And the guy behind me taps me and says, hey, mister, you want to sit down? You act like your kid's going to wrestle. He goes, he is. And he goes, who's your kid? He goes, he's on the cover of the program. That's your son? He goes, yeah, can I have your autograph? He said, hey, who am I to deny an autograph? <laughs> and I busted out. I said, Dad, you're too much. But hey, he was my biggest fan. You know, that's how, that's how uh, that was. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. I love yeah. it. That's a good story. You know, Ricky, um, to me, from, you know, I remember you, you're one of the ones really that I remember that was really the come out start with, with the high flying uh, techniques, the, uh, you know, all the moves you did off the ropes and even, you know, coming off the ropes and, you know, drop kicks, even, you know, off the ropes from the top. Yeah. You're, you're one of the, that I can remember, uh, mm -hmm. first ones, uh, to, to, to do that. I mean, consistently, um, you know, and coming from your background, you know, your, uh, your Hispanic heritage, um, yes. you know, there's, there's guys that have done it, but I mean, you're the one that really, to me, uh, in the late eighties and then the nineties where it was a standout in that. And then it, and then it caught on, you know, you're, you're kind of like, I guess the pioneer of it. Um, was that something you learned or something you saw or both or how was that for you? How did you pick up on that? Well, you know, I, I, I tried to study every aspect cause I wanted to be able to work every style, the, the mm -hmm. Lucha Libre Mexican style, the blood and gut style of Puerto Rico, the Japanese strong style and everything else. And I had seen a lot of the moves mm -hmm. over time. And I figured, well, you know, I can do that. Not, not, 
really nobody's really really doing that unless you know you are lucha libre and you're mexican me being cuban was a completely different thing which was kind of like the factor that well maybe if i'm doing it it's a little different because they don't expect that from me and that's where you know it, it came into play the cross bodies off the top the the, the splashes, you know, I mean, come on, you see Snicker come off the cage, you know, you, right. you know, you, you do those kind of things, but yeah, the, the drop kick was big. The sunset flips out of the corner, you know, the topes mm-hmm. outside, the, the right. pescaditos over the top, you know, it, it was something that was not common. So mm-hmm. I did it to elevate myself. Um, sometimes it was beautiful and sometimes tired to catch the top rope and, Hey, good thing there wasn't social media back then, you know. <laughs> on the blooper highlight reel, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I just remember you were one of the first ones that I can really remember that did it consistently, weekly, most matches. You know, you talk about Snuka. Yes, he came off uh, the top rope off the cage at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. But you were the one that was on TV in Hispanic because you said Lucha Libre. Lucha Libre. Probably nobody, very few people heard of that unless they lived in on the border in Arizona, uh, New Mexico, Texas, that area. But other than that, across America back then, the 80s and early 90s, nobody heard of that. And uh, and, uh, so I I commend you because it did bring you out as a star. Uh, I can remember you uh, working those pros. So let me ask you this. Promotion-wise, you said you've been to Mm -hmm. Japan. Yep. Lucha Libre down in Mexico, yep. NWA, pretty much all of them, uh, Northwest. What was one of your, I don't want to say your favorite, but probably one of your favorite places that you really enjoyed working as a wrestler? I I, I enjoyed Japan immensely Yeah, um, because it was a strong style, competitive style, but the Japanese fans if you just gave them a great match, it didn't matter if you were winning or losing or if you won all and lost all. They just wanted to see a good match, and they would mm-hmm. commend you for that. They were true fans in, in that aspect. They wouldn't blew you out of the building after three losses or something like anywhere else. Now, <laughs> as a heel in generating heat, oh, in Mexico, we, we generated some heat because, you know, even though we spoke the same language, we were foreigners. So yeah. it really, and, and I took advantage of that because in that time frame, they weren't really big on, on promos, but yeah. we were used to it. So for us, it was natural and it, it created a lot of heat, a lot of heat, which was <laughs> what you wanted. You know, that's what, yeah. you know, the asses yeah. in the seats and, 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 and everybody was making money. So, yeah. you know, I enjoyed that, but, you know, working in Puerto Rico, different mentality, mm-hmm. uh, the Northwest, Don Owens, I still believe one of the uh, the best uh, payoff men in the territory era. Um, he paid according to the house. And, you know, there's all okay. kinds of Don Owens and Elton Owens stories that uh, I'm, I'm saving because I'll, I'll tell you that at the end of this okay. interview. And, and we'll go from there. But, you yeah. know, they, they, I, I learned a lot out there. You know, Rip Oliver was booking. I learned from him. Then uh, yeah. the grappler, Lynn Denton. I learned from him, obviously, uh, you know, everywhere I went, you know, when I went, this is the, this is a big key factor that most people don't know. When I went to the, the Charlotte territory and I was there, um, Dusty's assistant, which was Kevin Sullivan, he lived with me. 
So oh. every night when we would come home from the road every night, you know what I did? I shoo, here we are. Come on, Kev, educate me. This, 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 and yeah. this. You know. Two or three bottles of wine in, I got a lot of information out of Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't see that. that's that that is uh that's a interesting you roommates with Kevin Sullivan. I mean, yeah, what a guy. What a he's another one uh I've had on here before, and it's just such a wealth of knowledge and so oh, yeah, intelligent absolutely. about the business that uh he don't get enough credit for what he 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 did for the as far as booking. Uh, yeah. he, and he taught me a, yeah, he yeah. taught me a lot about about things and why we do things and when you mm-hmm. do them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's been a, a a friendship for another one of you know thirty yeah. years of of dealing yeah. with uh, dealing with the devil as they would say. Dealing with the devil, the prince of darkness, <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So uh, let me ask: Did you ever work in the uh, AWA? Uh, uh, no, that was uh, one no. of the one of very few places that I never worked. I never worked in the AWA. Um, I never worked in Memphis. Um, okay. I did work uh, just about everywhere else. Um, uh, like you said, when I, down in Mexico, I worked for all of the major companies: AAA, CMLL, yeah. and the UWA, which was the first major company down there in Mexico with uh, Mr. Minus where all those guys started and obviously in mm-hmm. Japan I worked for all Japan um, I worked for Wing I worked for the IWA Japan I worked for FMW I just I went anywhere and everywhere yeah <laughs> I worked for all yeah. at once in, in Germany okay um, his last tag champs me and uh, Navy SEAL God rest his soul we were the last uh of his uh, Mohicans in his, in his his business, his office. And uh, mm-hmm. we, you know, when he shut down, we were still his tag champs. So, wow. yeah, I've, I've been around. I went into South Africa, too, uh, you know. Yeah, and, uh, wow. India, you know, I mean, I've, I've been around. <laughs> You've been around. You've been around pretty much around the world, haven't you? Uh, what about, uh, I, I heard a lot of people like go to Australia, New Zealand, down there, uh, no. Yeah, I did. I did. I didn't wrestle in Australia. I went as an agent for WCW, so I've been okay. to Australia. Yeah, and and England. Um, okay. Obviously, I've, I've been there um, with with the offices. You know. Okay. So you talk about the offices a little bit. Uh, companies after I know you're still wrestling some, but you also work for the office. So what? promotions i'm gonna assume wcw since you said that was there any other did you ever work for wwf or yes yes yeah well actually when uh vince came in and, and uh, did the invasion in pensacola up there um mm-hmm. i was there and then obviously moved over to wwf until we got the f out and made it wwe um, yeah. I've, I've, I've booked in Puerto Rico. I've booked in for IWA and wing in Japan. I've booked an assistant in the Northwest, uh, did my own, uh, type of angles with the office in, in Mexico for setting up for the hair matches. You know, I, uh, you know, had my input and I, I learned from the best, you know, when, when you sit around all those guys and you ask all those yeah. questions and, and you yeah. step into the ring and you work with guys like Tully and Arn 
and uh, you know the, the midnight and Cornet listening to him. And, you know, there's there that part of the business is the part that um, most people don't take advantage of. And and mm-hmm. I say this a lot on a lot of different uh, uh, podcasts and interviews that I've done. If a veteran took the time to come over and tell you something, it's because he saw something. Mm-hmm. But most of them just yeah. say, yeah, I know. Well, if you knew, they wouldn't have to tell you. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, I, I, I get those veterans to tell me something that the very next night, I, I put it into play because yeah. I knew that they, they'd already been to the dance. They've been at the dance. They're on top of the dance. I'm trying to get to the dance. You know, why not? I mean, yeah. you know, if they took the time to watch your match and critique it, then there's something good, yeah. bad, or indifferent. There's something. It's a question of, do you make it better? Do you make yourself better? How bad do you yeah. want it? You know, yeah. it's nothing's handed to you. You know, it's, it's like no. when you think, you know, Terry Funk told me that. I said, Sonny, when you think you know everything about this business, it's time to get out. And I've yeah. been here a while and I've been here a while. I said, yeah, Terry, I know I used to watch you as a kid. I, you got me kicked out of the convention center for throwing a paper cup at you. They all stop it, Sonny. Stop it, Sonny. Yeah, I love Terry to death. You know, I mess with Terry a lot. You know, I imitate yeah. when he gets on the bus in Japan. Yeah. Oh, he, he is, he's a, he's he, a trip, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, you know, he did it for a long time. A long time. I mean, he was doing it his, you know, his, I don't know. God knows how long. I know he's done it for about forty to fifty years, and, and oh yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, uh, and you know, uh, just yeah, he would tell me all kinds of stuff. You know, you only got so many bumps in your kid. Don't waste them. I said, you're moonsaulting. You're in your fifties. What are you talking about? <laughs> right? <laughs> crazy, you know. Yeah, you talk about crazy. Go go out with Terry Funk and Dick Slater in Japan, and and, and you know, tell me how that turns out. Oh Lord. <laughs> I'm sure it was a very interesting time when you did that. Yes, yes, it was. A few other guys are interesting too. That yeah, you know, Dick Murdoch, yeah. God rest his soul. You know, uh, yeah, Stan. You know, when I would stand, and you know, just it's for me, it's um, it was an honor because I had seen all these guys, and you know, mm-hmm. here's this kid, you know. No family members in the business, you know, didn't play pro football, didn't do any of that. I kind of yeah. feel like I'm a, a John Madden or a Vince Lombardi, you know, didn't play in the NFL, but could coach, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, just one of those things that I wanted to learn it so bad and, and, and take everybody's advice and, and feedback yeah. on everything I did that yeah. uh, I wanted to take advantage of it. You know, yeah. I want to be a Phil Jackson, you know, come off the bench and, win championships with Michael. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. Uh, I didn't realize you were an agent or, or, or a booker uh, as well as a wrestler. So, I mean, that yeah. tells me you have a lot of, uh, you're not just one dimensional, I guess is the word or term I'm using, uh, you know, like Kevin Sullivan and, and Dusty and a few others, but uh, you got to have the mindset uh to do that stuff and and it's hard it's hard to come up with new ideas it's hard to come be creative and not use something that was just used maybe a couple months ago or whatever that's fresh in your mind and and i'm sure that was quite what was that like being a booker's agent or 
promoter? It, it, what, what? It, it's it, it's this way. You hit the nail on the head when it's it's easy, and, I, and I've used this before. It's easy to come up with ideas and stuff for yourself, mm-hmm. but when you have to do everybody else, that's when the mind has to create, and you gotta go and and, and me. For me, because I watched so much when I was a kid and I knew what would make me mad and what would keep me hanging and what would make me happy. And then I go to Japan and they got these long ass finishes and that's that's my style. I, I keep you going, the ooh, the ah, the ooh, the ah, the ooh, oh, didn't expect that. And that's how, you know, uh, I view it. I, I don't watch a program or a pay-per-view or anybody's. I watch it from the, uh, like a director's uh, eye, right? My yeah. kids don't like to watch any, any pay-per-views with me or anything else. Neither does the missus because I'll, I'll be calling the shit before it happens and she'll say, can I just watch it? Can I just watch the pay-per-view? Please, just let me watch it. I said, alright, shit, let me go out over here get another beer because everybody's getting mad at me. <laughs> That's because those wheel creative wheels are turning, right? Yeah, they're they're they're, they're yeah. churning, and you know, yeah. And, and yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> I can like imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand. I'd like to hear if I could, Ricky. Yeah. Uh, a, a story, just uh, a story that uh, maybe a time on the road when you're with somebody, and, and just kind of a either a funny story or. Or something that may have happened that maybe well, you haven't told uh, before, or, or or that's pretty funny that you want to tell. I I I think it's it's pretty funny now. It wasn't funny when it happened, but yeah. um, we were out in the Northwest, right? And we would always do um, joint shows. Don Owens and Vern Gagne, right? The AWA guys would come in and everything. And Kurt was in, and Medusa was in, and. Uh, Doug Summers and Playboy and, and and Nick and everybody. And we're going around. Now we're up in Washington, right? And it's mm-hmm. snowing and it's out there. And I don't know if you remember the uh, uh, the Reeboks that had the pumps where you used to pump them in the middle, yeah. there, right? So I got a brand <laughs> new pair, right? I got a brand new pair and I'm out there. Then I go and here I go. I get done with my match and get all my stuff out. I'm going to go to the shower. Now, mind you, my partner of many years, Fidel, is there. Coco Samoa is there. Kurt Henning is there. I go take a shower. I come back. And, you know, I've already got my, my my jeans and all my stuff laid out on the bench because, you know, in the locker room. And I go to the locker and I go to look for my shoes. They're not there. <laughs> Mind you, outside, there's about two foot of snow. So what do I got? I got my shower shoes, my flip-flops, right? <laughs> and I'm riding with Scott Doring, a Minnesota boy who brought his car over from Minnesota. And granted, the whole bottom of the car is rusted out from the salt and the snow in, <laughs> in Minneapolis. So now I got to yeah. get in the car. And I wrap my ring jacket and my towels around my feet so because you could see the road. This floorboard was rusted out. And... <laughs> I don't want them to get frostbite, you know, because now we got to go from one side of, of Washington to the other. We're going from the Seattle area to Spokane. Okay. And till this day, I, I kid Fidel, I said, man, when, you, when are you going to mail me back my Reeboks? Because <laughs> I know you and Kurt got them. 
<laughs> and I said, brother, I, I I don't know what you're talking about. You know, uh, it's just to kind of, you know, I, 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 we have to do an investigation. A la Mr. Fuji Kurt Henning, you know, God rest their souls. I said, yeah, yeah. okay. I said, just remember, you know, when, when I go to the other side, just put them in the coffin with me. So at least I know they're going with me. And he just starts <laughs> laughing. But I, I never got the shoes. And this is like. Never you know, got them back. Oh, wow. Never got them back like almost 40 <laughs> years now. So I said, what the hell, right? But, the, you know, those are the things that we did on the road. You know, we yeah. put some powder in the referee shirt and watch them and, <laughs> you know, do things like that. Just, you know, I don't think yeah. you could do it nowadays because, you know, you too, too different, you know, it's a different. More era. sensitivity, right? Yeah, more say? sensitivity. The, yeah. the, the boys are, are yeah. not the boys of, of days of old, you know. Where, yeah. Which is, you do crazy things like that. Yeah, <laughs> the ribbon the ribbon is probably less now than it used to be. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Oh, by far, by far, by far. And I can tell you, I've heard stories about Kurt Henning. And so that does not surprise me about the shoes with, with him and your <laughs> yeah. partner. Yeah, uh, Fidel. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that does not even surprise me when you say Kurt Henning. I was, I was like, oh, that that sounds like something they would he would do. Yeah, yeah. Good people, <laughs> though, Kurt. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, if we could, sir, I want to talk yes, to sir. you about what you're doing now. What's some projects you're working on? Some things you want to talk about? Tell us a little bit about what's going on with you, Ricky. Oh, I'm down in Florida, and uh, it's like a hotbed of, of, of companies here in Florida. Um, working with, obviously, I've, I've been for, wow, it must have been nine, ten years with uh, Off of the Wild Simone's promotion, okay. WXW. Um, help him out and, and deal with that. Um, there's another uh, company um, out of the Ocala area, FWE, uh, that I'm helping them out and, and grow. Um, obviously down south there's CCW, uh, I've helped them out before. So I kind of keep, you know, moving along in the sense of trying yeah. to help talent grow. Um, yeah. I'm writing my book. I'm hoping ah, to have it out. Yes. I'm, have, I'm, I'm hoping to have it out here in about three, about three or four more months. I got, I got things okay. to go right now. Um, in, in the stage of it, um, in the Charlotte territory. So I still got a ways mm -hmm. to go to, to, to yeah. write that out, to be able to do that. Um, there's another thing that we're starting to, uh, to put along. It's myself, Fidel, and, and Lynn Denton. Um, you know, uh, we're going on the road telling stories. Okay. Uh, kind of like, like a comedy type of thing, but, you know, making it uh, a little a little different um, because we've got a lot, of story, <laughs> a lot of stories to tell. Oh, I'm sure you, you do, can, yeah. That, that you can do on there. And, yeah. and there's a gentleman that uh, we both know um, that he's been on your show before, uh, Mr. Okay. Uh, Attila Khan. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Right. He, he's, he, I want to show you some. I hope, hopefully you'll be able to see it, right? Because um, okay. this is a hidden talent. And this yeah. is, you know, from one of the boys, right? And and this is the picture that, that, that I sent him, uh, you know, of, yes. of me, right? Yeah. Right? So yeah. he sent it to me, right? And yeah, he painted it. Oh wow! Yeah, he's a good artist. He's very good painter. Exactly. And yeah. I said, "Hey, if you got a favorite wrestler that you want done, go to Facebook, 
Check him out. Yeah. yeah. Get you a good deal. I mean, come on. Yeah, when I saw that, good. Yeah. I saw him do the one on Austin, and I said, yeah. bro, you need to yeah. do mine. I'll send you the money. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's, it, a, it, that's it, a hidden talent of his. He is very, very – I've seen him in action up here. I'm in Springfield, Missouri area. Yes. And that guy is so incredible. <clears throat> He's so incredible when he's a telecon. He just – I'll tell you a quick story. I don't mean to overshadow you no, here. No, no, no. No, not at all. My no, grandson – <laughs> I have a my oldest grandson. Okay. He's 11. We went to a show here in Springfield back uh, last summer in June, and, and okay. Attila was here. And he had those, you know, contacts in with those bright blue right. eyes, and he comes out all – And my grandson doesn't usually get – Wrong. Shaking or been out of shape too bad. <laughs> yeah. That kid was scared. And, and he grabbed me and held me like, you know, he was in a tornado. Yeah. He, goes, he said, Pop, Pop, that guy scares me. I said, Buddy, he is not going to do anything to you. I promise you. I will protect. Don't worry. I'll He's not going to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'll protect yeah. you, buddy. He goes, yeah. I don't know if you can. I go, Excuse me. But, uh, <laughs> he, he, but well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then when I found out he was a painter, uh, just incredible, and and uh, I'm glad you brought that up. He's a good guy, and I'm gonna see him he's again. A great in May. guy. Yeah, I'm gonna he's see him again. Yeah, what we're trying to we're, we're trying to get on that uh, on that route ourselves. So we're good. Uh, all right, uh, we'll Mr. Wilder. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll all work out. Uh, myself and and Fidel will be hopefully out yeah. there in, in in that area. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, he's a great guy. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I see him all the time at the at the CAC. Uh, I missed last year's CAC. Um, I was going to say, I didn't miss you. I was there last year, the last one. I yeah, didn't see you. Yeah, I, I, I one. missed that one. That's all and, right. Uh, it happens sometimes, you know, yeah. uh, work and, and things that go on and, and mm-hmm. the COVID and all kinds of other junk. But that's beside the point. And um, I enjoy it because I get the, I, I get to see the, the, you know, the boys. Yeah. And, and you never know, right? It's yeah. not like we're spring chickens anymore. So we always have to, you know, go there. I, I tell that to to my to my brother, brother uh, Ming Haku. I said, brother, you know, yeah. we thought we'd never get old, but we got old. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's one of those uh, inevitables, you know, and you, yeah. you try to make the best of it. But you know, the yeah. CAC is a great organization. They look out yeah. for the boys. You yeah. know, I think anybody whoever steps into a ring should go out there, and they should. Mm-hmm become part of it maybe you cannot be at this time you know because i know times are tough for everybody be a mm-hmm. lifetime but you know the monthly membership isn't really no big deal. you pay you pay more for netflix and showtime come on you know yeah. you, 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 you can do that yeah and and, yeah. and you're helping a great cause if you want to be one of the boys be one of the boys you know brian blair does a great job and everybody he that's does. involved with uh yeah with the cac yeah uh, unbelievable and it's, and it's an event and you enjoy yourself and you know yeah. you get to see you get to see everybody, you know, so it's yeah. it, it's a good thing. So I'm I'm yeah. big on that. And I and you know my wife and I went out there last last fall. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, those guys, every one of them out there that were there, Lawler, uh, yeah. Jimmy Hart, JBL, Bob Orton, JBL, JBL yeah. all yeah. so down to earth. You could see them downstairs at the uh, at the bar, the casino, bar. or whatever. Yeah. At the at the hotel, and you yep. can go up and say hi to them. They'll talk to you for ten minutes. They don't, you know, they're not starstruck guys. I mean, JBL is a pretty yeah. well known guy. So is Jerry Lawler, yeah. but yeah. 
but they yeah. don't they don't brush yeah. you off. They'll talk to you. It was great because you know it was my first one, and what's even better is that the fact you know if you want something signed or whatever, they're not. Well, when they took your money, like they only charged you like twenty bucks, I think, and all their money they yeah. said is going back to the CAC that they yeah. they were collecting there. Which was great. I was like, okay, well, I'm definitely because I got some autographs from Lawler and those guys and, uh, and JBL, but a great organization. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, folks, if yeah, get out there if you can, even as a fan. I mean, I'm just a fan and I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, it's, it it's a great time. It's just three it great is. days. You know, yeah. you uh, you you really enjoyed. Did you enjoy the baloney yeah. blowout? <laughs> yeah, I did. I I had a, it was the whole thing from. Top to bottom was great. Uh, all the events they had, uh, yeah. you know, the the talks, the the you know, you yeah. go around and see people, and the the dinner where they honor everybody. You were awarded the uh, yes, yes. Men's award in twenty yeah. or two years ago. Yeah, two years, two years ago. ago. Now, excuse me. Yeah. What was that like for you? Let's talk about that for a second before we get out of here. Let's. What okay. was that? like for you i mean inside emotionally i mean what was your what was that like talk to us about that for me yeah the award meant that my peers my fellow workers acknowledged me for my attributes and contributions to this business mm -hmm. it wasn't anything other than the fact that for me it was a, a great honor um on that particular show, you know, we had Rey Mysterio, we had Medusa, we had some talent, you know, and to yeah. be to, to be given that honor, you know, um, is something mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I cherish. I yeah. mean, for me, you know, and then I had Fidel, you know, do the one uh, to introduce me because I did his, you know, when yeah. he was inducted a few years earlier to that. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a, the feeling is is like. It's like for me, it was okay. It's Christmas time, and I've been wanting this bike. You know, I seen the bike. I want the bike. I want the bike. <laughs> and then you're looking everywhere, and, and there's nothing, and there's nothing, and all of a sudden they say, "Oh yeah, there's one more." And they open the door, and there's the bike, and you go, "Yeah, yeah, got what I wanted." And that's how that's I awesome. felt. I, I, that's I awesome. felt that that I I had achieved something that um, yeah was an honor for me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Ricky, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think you're really, to me, uh, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. I think you're really underappreciated for the the way you guys paved the way for the business in your era, the 80s, the 90s, that some some of you, you included, I think, have been kind of lost in that shuffle. You know, we think uh, I got him in the back here, Hogan, yeah. some other guys. But guys like yourself, uh, the Grabbler, yep. uh, those guys uh, are very underappreciated. And, you know, I that's why I like to get you guys on here to tell your story so people – that watch this or listen to this really say, okay, you know what? This these guys really did pave the way for the for the guys of today, the Cena's, the the Cody Roses, the, the all those guys, you know, that uh you know wouldn't have what they have if it wasn't for guys like yourself, you know, and and, and I want to tell you that, I mean, 
you know, being honored, given the men's award, that's a, quite an honor. I mean, there's no doubt yeah, about I, it. I, 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 from no doubt years. about it. Yep, absolutely. You know, and, 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 and it is. And and I, I just want to tell you, for me, and I'm sure people that are watching this and listening to this, that we I really appreciate your work in the ring, uh, from what you've told us, outside of the ring as well, as an agent, uh, as a booker, uh, you discovered talent. And, and, you know, thank you for what you've done because, you know, you're, you've paved the way for guys that are making a lot more money than you probably ever have or had in your lifetime uh because of guys like you so you know you, you know and, and 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 it's like I, I've, I've said it numerous times before i knew i was jumping into the deep end of the pool i have no <laughs> regrets and and and, and yeah. what i did you know i just contributed back to the yeah. business because that's the way it was you know you say yeah okay uh, helping people out well you know i trained Lita. I found Naomi. She was an Orlando Magic cheerleader. Uh, I was in the process to bring Alberto Del Rio in, both Sincatas. I talked all that, you know, all those things. Why? Because I want to get back to the business. Yeah. You know, people, people are, some people are bitter. Some people, you know, feel that they were owed something. Business doesn't owe you anything. You know, I mean, that's what I looked at. Like I said, the deep end of the cesspool, I jumped in. At yeah. first, you know, I knew what it was. Yeah. I knew what it was. When I got on that plane to go to San Antonio, this is something I had after paying for my ticket because they were going to reimburse me the office. I had twenty dollars to my name, wow. and I got to San Antonio, and there was nobody there to pick me up. Oh nobody. my gosh! They had they had forgotten about me. They thought I was coming in on a Monday, and I was in on a Sunday. So I went oh, to the, no. this, this. I'll tell you how long ago it was. I went to the little counter where you have all the phones to the hotels that have the yeah. shuttle services and I saw the travel lodge, free airport shuttle, sixteen ninety five, free continental breakfast. I said, well I learned to always have a round trip ticket in case something doesn't work out. I said, if nobody comes to get me on that, I just get back yeah. on a plane and go back home. But it didn't wow. turn out that way and you know it worked out pretty good. So yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm no, glad no, I you know, and you have such a great positive attitude, and and that that's great because you are right. Some people are bitter, um, but you got in at a time when it isn't, it wasn't what it is now, and that's okay. I mean, every sporting major pro wrestling or pro, excuse yes. me, pro professional sports venue wasn't always like it is today. The NFL wasn't like it is. Baseball, well, basketball, none of it. There right. has to be pioneers and trailblazers that pave that way. And I, you're one of them, obviously, uh, in the minds of many. The yeah. Yeah, left from the territory, the territory area. Right. But yes, I mean, yes. and you give back and you've trained people or discovered people. So I want to, again, thank you for all you've done for the business. And I think it goes... I appreciate it. I know most people do that will listen and 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 watch this. They will appreciate your contributions once they they hear it. So, yes, thank you so much. I I, I appreciate the time to, to allow me to come out here and yeah. and tell a little bit of the uh, of, yeah. uh, of the stories you know yeah. that are on the road and that camaraderie that yeah. was built with the boys because you traveled three three hundred. Well, I'll give you example, Odessa, three hundred eighty five miles one way, wrestle and drive back. 
the next day to go to Corpus, another 141 way. I mean, you were, you were constant, you, were on the go. you know, and then, yeah. yeah, then, you know, you start to progress and you move up. And when I was in that Charlotte territory, there was, there was three towns being run a night. There was the A, which was all fly. There was B, which was a combination of flying and, and driving. And then there was a C Ville, as I called it, the C route, because you got all the Villes. You got Asheville, you got Martinsville, you got Charlottesville, you had Greenville, and you drove. And you drove. And that's what you yeah. did. You know, so you paid your dues, you know, yeah. and you know, everybody worked together because Nothing was guaranteed. Everything was how many asses can you put in the seats and you get paid the percentage of where you are yeah. on the card and that's how you made yeah. your money. Yeah. So, hey, a different era, you know, like anything. Well, yeah. I say that. What would R Roberto Clemente be making in today's market when mm. if he was playing baseball today, right? He'd, I mean, be, making, come on. he'd be making Bryce Harper money, that half a billion exactly. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, yeah. And, and having yeah. better stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But All right, ladies and gentlemen, that. ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ricky Santana, thank you so much, sir, for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. I thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, uh, I wish you all the best in your show and that everybody watches that bumps and thumps. And, you know, if yeah. you got that, like I said, that wrestler that you're favorite of, you want to get a top notch portrait. Look up Attila Khan on Facebook, and he'll yep. he'll hook you up. He's he's yeah. he's unbelievable. He's got a God-given yeah. talent for sure. Yes, he does. Yes, uh, folks, I'll have uh, information on Ricky Santana, his social media outlets, uh, those promotions he mentioned earlier. I will have down there. If you're watching, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You getting ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. 
VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Bill After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <clears throat> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was a hell of a champion. Yeah. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Actor, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do with this? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. 